0: with me today is debbie g of spirituality gone wild this is your daily dose of happy we are so happy you decided to join us today and it's friday and i love friday the only thing that's missing on friday is neil isn't here today because he's off doing some more of the traveling around to do his uh, flying thing which i mean if you're gonna miss the show you might as well do it for that right but uh, other than that it's a good day. It's a really great day. And it's especially good because I get to talk with my friend, Debbie G and she's brought along her friend, Sam Simon. So I, Debbie, since she's your friend, I'm going to let you introduce your friend to our friend.
1: Well, I love that. And hi, everybody. And, and on the eve, well, the eve, eve in the eve of Fourth of July. (laughs) (laughs) It's the triple eve. It's the triple (laughs) eve of the eves of the eves that are coming. Uh, so it is, um, my pleasure to introduce to everybody, Sand Symes and Sand. What, what's so courageously beautiful about Sand is her dedication to the sovereignty of the human being. She is the modern day shaman. That is exactly what she is. I've been through her meditations. If anyone was lucky enough to see us on Women Rising or on Cup of Grata. But it's beyond that. She, she has created a blueprint for walking in your divine, be it masculine, feminine, balance that you are. You are so many things, Sandin, and and even a bio doesn't really give you the glorious, doesn't give us the glorious meaning behind Sand Signs. So I'm going to leave it up to you to just share with everybody the magic that you truly are. You're so, and get ready, everyone, because you're so soft. It's like it's like if you were lying into a, a down bed somewhere and just kind of, ooh, here we go.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so welcome to welcome to LOA today.
2: Thank you so much, Debbie, and thank you, Walt, for having me. And um, that's quite an introduction—getting into bed with everybody straight away. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> My kind of show. I love it. I'm happy. We're sparking the G vibe. Whoa! <laughs> so, um, I think as the modern medicine woman, uh, humor is, is a core medicine that, <laughs> that I carry. So, um, so straight away talking about duvet. So yeah, get, get cozy and warm. And, uh, thank you for, for that beautiful introduction, Debbie. And, um, I think for, for myself and for all of us, how I see, um, our humanity, every soul that I have the privilege to sit, sit with, be with and be part of the world for just a short time. Um the way I see them, um, the way I see myself is a as a multi-dimensional being. So I can be a duvet and I can dive in bed with you at any time. You know, I can find the feroce, ferociousness of that mama bear energy. I can feel the protection, I can feel the vastness and the depth of all beings because that's what we all are. So at any one time I meet anyone where they're at in the field as they revealing their medicines that they carry, then we're like a sacred mirror of amplification. And seeing each other in that moment, and I think one of the the most beautiful gifts that I've been able to share for most of my life has been, particularly with women. I've worked with men and couples as well, but in particular with women, um, is when we can't see our own our own self through our own um, distortions of the stories that we're carrying or the patterns that we're carrying, things that people have told us way back in the day, and we picked up and we believed. So I hold a very strong and powerful sacred mirror so we can find less of that distortion. And that, of course, in any, you know, typical wounded healer, it was my journey. So I, you know, sought teachers and people to help me to find the mirroring that I needed because my mirror, each time I looked at myself, it was so distorted. With stories and patterns and beliefs, so it was quite—it's been quite the journey to uh, clean that mirror a little bit more and more, and become what we say as a shamanic practitioner: let ourselves be a hollow bone um, to be a true conduit of what can come through at any one time. So, um, but I also like being the duvet and the comfy blanket as well. <laughs> Thank you for having love, me. On. I <laughs> love, love the idea
0: of being mirror. That's that, that, that's a great little analogy.
2: Mm. I like the duvet. Horrible.
0: Too. The world is our mirror, too, right? So, right. And that's what we're cleaning. We're, we're basically saying, I want to not only recognize that the mirror is the world reflecting back to me what I'm putting out, but I want to clean up what it is I'm putting out.
2: Right. That's, I like that. That's really good. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's. Thank you. It's, we're all there. I don't know what all the cleaning up. I can see us on there with the rubber gloves on and going around <laughs> cleaning up the world in, in, in some shape or form. Um, but it is, Walt, it really is. It's, uh, anytime what's happening out into the world is in, we're also carrying our own inner world inside, isn't it? So all of what's mm. happening out there that we don't like, we don't agree with, we want to change. Um, and I know, you know, let's give Gandhi the, you know, the credit here, be the change that we want to see. So it always starts with an inside job for sure.
1: Yes, yes I, I completely agree with that. You know, we have a lot. I think it's a perfect time to talk about being a sovereign being, to to talk about sovereignty. So and also breaking free from the victim mentality. We have a lot of we, we all if we all are affected by some recent uh, rulings out there. And the bigger question has not been for me. It's really been about what is sovereignty and how can we fully embody that? So that's really my question for you is to really take a dive into that word sovereignty
2: mm-hmm. <clears throat> sovereignty sovereignty for me it came in um in a plant medicine ceremony. Am I allowed to say that on your show? Oh, um,
0: please. <laughs> I love I didn't it. know it was an issue. So uh, thanks for letting
1: <laughs> me know. Uh, really. Please, would you? Would you? Oh, actually, yeah. now that you did that, we're yeah. going to yeah.
2: talk about we've that. got. We've okay. got to do Okay, that's oh, me yeah. claiming sovereignty right there. But still my little girl is going, am I okay? Am I allowed to do that? So a little girl there. <laughs> I need to clean my mirror in that area a little bit, clearly. Uh, um, so sovereignty came in a plant medicine ceremony, um, Debbie Walter, about, about 12 years ago. And I, as a shamanic practitioner and sitting with the shamans and medicine people who have been some of my most um, powerful teachers that I've had on on this earth, but they would always point back to the medicine, go back to the medicine and ask the medicine for your truth and your your true answers. So I've sat in over a 100 plant medicine ceremonies over two decades and got some of the most um, profound truths that I could, like mind-bending truths. Um, of this world, of this planet, of this earth and of myself. Um, and sovereignty came in about 12 years ago when I was looking at my, well, I actually went in to look at my, at Look, I was looking at colonization and through my own heritage and my own ancestral line because I'd started to work with my own ancestors. For, I've been working with my own ancestors for about two decades now, uh, since 1996. So so I was asking them, I didn't feel that I was sovereign, So, and let me say why. I was bought, brought up in a very, very uh, industrial town in the northwest of England, where there were cotton mills and, and coal mining, um, coal mines all around us. Uh, my only green that I ever saw outside of peas on my plate was that we lived facing a church, and it was the graveyard and the lawns of the graveyard that was was the green, oh. the greenery. So I didn't see green. Um, and then two weeks every year, we would go to the valleys of South Wales to visit my, um, which we called auntie and uncle, to visit friends of my mum and dad's and to go to a valley and to see mountains and to find the smell of the earth, which I now know as Pachamama is the word that I use because of the different shamanic practices that I do. Pachamama meaning Mother Earth. Well, Mother Earth, Father Sky, all of time and all of space and time. Um and I never wanted to leave. They used to have to get literally uncoil my fingers off the railings because wow. I didn't want to go back to what I would think is a, is a very black and white, you know, pretty dismal world after I'd had the color and the smell of the mountains and the valleys and the waterfalls of South Wales.
1: Mm. So, um,
2: so I, so when in this plant medicine, they took me back to South Wales as a little girl. And they and they were showing me what my sovereignty was. And they were saying, you've got it distorted. Your mirror <laughs> is distorted, Sand. Your mirror is distorted. Because you think that you're only sovereign because of where you were born. And that's nothing to do with you being sovereign. You're sovereign as a soul. You're sovereign because you chose to take a birth on this earth. You're sovereign because you said yes to to, to come back here and have another life here. You're sovereign because you breathe in. And you're sovereign because you exhale. You, you're sovereign because you exist. And I, I, I was on the floor for hours and hours and hours. I had to move through a lot of unworthiness, a lot of concepts, a lot of stories, a lot of patterns and a lot of ancestral trauma in my field, my, my mommy is Irish. So I've got a lot of Celtic, um, you know, roots. So, um, from the Irish part, it was, uh, we had to go all the way back to the famine, back to the, to the ancestral trauma, back to the trauma, back to, and move it all the way through. So I eventually found my ancestors that are the, who are heal They were healers, they were healers and prophets and philosophers and midwives and medicine people. And they were, you know, beautiful souls. And they knew how to work with harmony and balance on the earth. And then even beyond that, they took me back to what they called the ancient ancestors, which they took me all the way back to back into the ocean from where we came then back up into the stars from the first explosion and beyond all time and space. And they said, that is who you are now, do you know how sovereign you are, and I was just flooded you know for <laughs> for hours in in that place, so sovereign to me is when I meet a soul and we are we carry the patterns and and um, stories and distortion from our past from our childhood where we don't feel we're worthy, then I can part of my work is to really have another being, hold that mirror that reflection for a, another soul until they can actually see their own sovereignty in that soul. And it's quite a journey. Um I have a lady, um it literally happened last night, and we're coming to the end of one of our programs, and she's beautiful, beautiful soul, lives in the deep south, and 69 years old, and she said, I never in 69 years understood my true birthright of being here on this earth. Aww. And now I see myself as creator sees me. Well, there was a dry eye in the house, as you can imagine. I was sobbing. Lost contact lenses, I sobbed so much. <laughs> <laughs> sobbing and sobbing. And it was like, wow, that is the work that we all do. And I know Walt and Debbie, this show, these kind of shows, we bring people on where we can resonate with something that somebody's saying and get to see another piece of us or hear another part of us that thinks, I can get that. I, I believe that. I can. I can try that on. I can wear that. Um, so that, to me, is a sovereign soul. I love that.
0: I, I love also how um the story of your 69-year-old friend in the South, uh, how she, in my words, not your words, in my words, she came into agreement with who she was. Yeah. She so, really came to accept herself just yeah. the way she was, and not just accept her. Uh, that, that word is actually problematic for me, accept. I mean, yes, we do have to accept but really to love yourself to feel Mm -hmm. good about yourself that's that for me that's far beyond acceptance yes That, that that's embracing that that's that's authenticating that's that 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 is appreciating to the nth degree and that's what she did yeah. That, that's why you were in tears that's fabulous
2: yeah yeah and the tears are that recognition all souls on that call saw that happen resonated in the field could see that could feel that mm-hmm. and the tears were for all of us were of a recognition. It was like seeing us literally like a soul awaken in that moment um and eight weeks of you know of of, of work of working in the shadow working on the distortion working on truths working on what is it true is it not true what is mine what was handed down to me? What, why did I believe this? And then, you know, do the work of the, the ancestral work, the childhood messages and the wounds into wisdom, triggers into transformation, which kind of, there's a lot of the words out there right now, certainly on social media, but then you've got to do the work. We don't just wear it as a grand t-shirt, right? It's not just a great coffee cup. Um, it's like, do we really do the work that we're able to get a soul to, to have that level of, seeing herself in the field and claiming it, saying it and claiming it, not just thinking it and thinking, I think I think it, but claiming it so powerfully the way she did last night. So mm. that was you know, I share that because it literally happened just last night. So that's
0: fabulous.
1: Yeah. Oh that's it that is, it is beautiful. And the part about this that is so incredible is that there's no there's no feeling of victim or Survivorship in this. This is literally freedom, and there's such a big difference between. I remember in the days when it was all about, you know, just surviving it, or I am victorious over the victim, or any of that. And no longer is it even that, but really the freedom. Just that, and and I love the I love Walt how you said accept, acceptance isn't quite it, and you're right, it isn't it's expansive. It's bigger. Mm
2: -hmm. It's bigger.
1: bigger. It's much, much bigger. Now is acceptance a step in order to, to get into that for sure. But I love that expansion, how it goes out bigger. And that I think is what we are being called to do at this time, at this time where we are really looking at our own sovereignty, especially Mm -hmm. as women and our choices over our own bodies yeah. and that that is happening that may not affect me today currently but affects my granddaughter or affects somebody else is that sovereignty and how do we keep our own sovereignty and really love into that that beauty that that we all are hmm. what can you give those out there that are having a tough time with the shift or are feeling really angry right now because i do understand that anger hmm. I do. But I also know there's a balance to be had with this whole conversation. But what can we offer others that are really having a tough time with what's happening in the world right now?
2: Thank. Um, I'm grateful for the question because I'm certainly not, you know, because any listener might be thinking, Okay. If she got that in a plant medicine, does, do I have to go to a plant medicine journey now? Go and get what she got. I know I'm about to, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I, I totally support that. And, and please do it with, with a, with uh, an authentic, you know, an authentic shaman or medicine person. Um, and if you can be as close to source as you can. I did most of mine in the jungles of Peru and Ecuador. So be with, you know, be in that environment and, Um, And we can't we can't all jump on a plane and go down to Peru and go into the jungle. So to answer your question, what can we do in our own homes, in our own skin and our own body? And especially when we're feeling so angry, I'd start with to honor our feelings, honor where we're at in the moment. Um, We have been certainly as women, we've been shamed and blamed for the for the emotion of anger. Um, There's so many women I've been working with women for over 35 years And I would say one of the 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 core threads and themes that come through most women's stories is when she's been shut down, when she's been feeling strong emotions and she's not quite known what to do with that and how to be with that and how to regulate or how to move through those emotions. And if there's a parent or caregivers that we've had or people in our field that have role modeled having big emotions and expressing them in a certain way, then we've adopted a lot of that that expression. So it's not even hours. It can be, you know, my mom never said anything, but she when my mom was angry. She would go to the kitchen and she would start, you know, um, she would start doing dishes and the dishes. I don't know how she never smashed a dish. It was amazing. But she would do the dishes very loudly. She would put pans in the cupboard very loudly and she would slam the cupboard doors in the kitchen. So we all knew when my mom was angry, that was her release and her expression of anger. So as all of the daughters, we learned how to work that way in the kitchen until I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't have this behavior anymore. I actually want to, I don't want to do this anymore. And then it wasn't until I realized I was actually, I'd adapted my mum's behavior. So, um, so how do I express my own anger? And the first thing is honor, honor where we're at at any one time. And you're right, Debbie, the, the, what's happening in the political arena now, certainly here in, in the US, um, it, it, it that information can it goes so deeply into a woman's body into a woman's field and we we have a different um interpretation of information than our brothers on this planet and as feelers as as the as the divine feminine being that we are we are we're we're we're, we're emotional beings we're empaths and it, it's gone directly like deep into our womb because that's the area of the physical body that the woman right now is feeling violated in. So all of the rights that we have, you know, for, for many women have, have fought for on this earth to have balance, not to, we don't want women ruling the world. Well, some people might want women rule the world. I think it's, it's bigger than that. It's we want a rightful place at the table. We want to make sure that our voice is represented in the field, in politics or commerce or education or health. We want to make sure that, um, that we are taken seriously. So there's been, there's been this, this, you know, for a hundred years, women coming to, to the place and fighting for that. And so it feels for some of us, for some women that I'm hearing is that it feels like we've gone back 50 years. We've lost something in, 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 in where we're at right now. And so if the anger is in the field, feel the anger and honor your feelings. And then make sure, and this is the, this is the thing, not be careful of how to use it. I and in mean, a, as, as a shamanic practitioner, anger is the element of fire. So if we are going to the element of fire, be careful with the fire element. Cause fire, when we use her well, she, she will work well with us. You know, fire, she, she can keep us warm. She can keep us safe. We can cook, cook with fire. If we dishonor fire, like, if we dishonor some of the feelings that we're feeling, we can hurt people. We can, we can make, um, statements. We can, we can get very angry and put that into the field. And it's almost like we're putting more anger out there and more rage. We're feeding the fire of what's already out there. So how do we do that safely? I would say for me, and stranger, um, we can, we can dance as women. We, we can move the body, make sure the body is being, is, is moving. Talk to friends. And if we're going to vent, make sure it's a vent and say, I need five minutes to just vent and get everything that I want to say out. Don't take me. if This is not truth. This is not real. I just need to say the things I need to say to move it out and give yourself five minutes. And then, and then finish, complete it, put hands back on your body. Because when we're, even when we're venting for woman, our nervous system, that vagus nerve is so activated that the, 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 the nervous system is saying danger, danger, danger. And we're putting, we're putting so much cortisol back in the body. We're putting a lot of crap back in the body. We're, we're really, you know, literally frazzled and we want to get back as quickly as we can to the, to the parasympathetic place, which is calm and balance before we make any action before we take action before we say the next thing so dancing is one cold therapy as crazy as that sounds people might not like that Um, but any cold therapy could start with a warm shower and then at the end of your shower 10 minutes of cold therapy and what that does is it actually agitates the nervous system but in a powerful way in a controlled way and you can get your anger out that way, just through it. It's so cold, and I'm getting my anger out, and then put hands back on the body to tell the body it is safe. You had it, we found anger, we're moving it through, come back to your body, hand yes. on heart, hand on belly. Uh breath work is very powerful. Breath work moves anger through so powerfully, tears come through. There's a lot of, sometimes people can scream, tears come through, the body goes into an emotional movement. We start to shake. We move it through safely and powerfully through the body. Um, There's many other ways. I could probably write a book just thinking about all the ways that we could do it. But I think I'm going to stop talking there and just see if Walt's got anything to say.
0: (laughs) I I, I think he just wrote a book. I mean, (laughs) isn't that what that was? I think we we should
1: stop talking
0: there. I mean, that was fabulous. I love that. Mm -hmm. You, so we... you mentioned something, too, I want to bring in, uh, because I, I, I don't really think it's a good idea to overlook this. I think it's important to tie it into the overall conversation. You made the very valid point that women have been taught for years not to be angry. And my wife and I were having a conversation about this the other day. And we realized that both genders have been taught messages that were counterproductive to their own emotional health. Absolutely. Men were taught that it's okay to be angry, but it's not okay to be teary. Women right. were taught it was okay to be teary, but not to be angry. Right. It was like we were separating the emotions. This gender gets to these emotions. This gender gets those emotions, which is damaging to everybody. Right. <laughs> that that harms right. all of us. Right. So I, I just wanted to bring that in there because everybody is affected by by everything that goes on in this world. We get to choose. This is, this is a big thing for me. We get to choose what we're going to give our attention to, how we're going to give our attention, mm-hmm. uh, what attitudes we're going to bring toward situations uh what what the uh, feelings we're going to have we actually get to choose our feelings that was big for me by the way right. that, that uh, we were talking before we got started here uh doing today's episode about how the show got started and i was telling you a bit about my journey there part of that journey was me learning i actually get to choose what my emotional response is that I, that was news <laughs> i had no idea you could do that <laughs> and when i found you could do that well first of all i didn't believe it took me a while to learn to believe it. And then once I could actually believe it, then it was, well, okay, so what do I want to choose? And, and so that's why this has become a very important theme for, from my perspective. We get to choose our emotional responses. What's our emotional response to any situation going to be?
1: I really appreciate that. You know, we do get to choose But what sand, what you were doing was providing some tools and those were, if you missed it, if you just joined us, go back and and watch the replay after this is done because these tools are important. Now, the one that the one that I've had the hardest time with is the cold because, because let's face (laughs) it, I like, I like to be comfortable and cold is not comfortable in any way, but I really love how you were saying, let it come in. And then what we're doing is we're retraining our nervous system so that it's, it's, uh, the auto nervous, the auto, Response is not to just go into fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, but rather to for us to be able to control it and feel and then provide safety for ourselves. So I really loved that. So I want to do a little switch poony because, Walt, I love what you were talking about how that we were taught per gender and gender identified. You know, we were having, I actually, this, these are my things I, this is what I. I love, I I take college classes in this because I I get this, I just have a thing about it. And I'm doing another one right now. And it's all so interesting to me about gender identification. But really, I'm curious about something. Is what we're experiencing and what we're happening, not just an opportunity, for women to step into their divine sovereignty, but for men to step into their divine sovereignty in the respect of of being the proper support for a woman, for providing the safe container, the safe space that the 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 safe the space that a lot of men aren't taught because they're taught toxic masculinity versus divine masculinity in a sovereign in their sovereign body in their sovereign space so is this an opportunity for men is this your chance to step up to the plate in a way that you've never stepped up before audience let me know what you think and sand walt what do y'all think
2: (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna bat the ball to walt first (laughs) being being male on the on the in the trio that we're here and that uh, and I, w- I certainly would love to come in as well so well
0: refusing to speak for all male kind because I don't think that's even possible um, <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you where I'm coming from on something like this I think these are all opportunities I think every single thing that happens is an opportunity certainly the situation we're talking about today is a huge opportunity but there are lots of opportunities and and I think probably the for me the biggest lesson that I learned was I just need to pay attention to opportunities when they come along Mm -hmm. because they come along all the time i mean like daily like hourly like minute by minute we're constantly given opportunities through our experiences in life to deal with a b c d e f g h i mean long lists of things and how we decide to respond or to not respond and that's where i'm really addressing right here how we choose to respond or not respond actually dictates whether or not we're stepping in the way you were describing it, Debbie. It, it isn't so much whether or not we're doing it for a particular person or in a particular situation is it's more like, are we doing it at all? Are we taking opportunities when they come our way to grow, to build ourselves to mm-hmm. become stronger, to become true to ourselves in, in a way that was even greater than we were doing five minutes ago? Are, are, we, are we on that growth? that that spiritually growing path and are we staying true to that path and are we continuing to take the steps if we're doing that we're doing everything we know how to do if we're not doing that then that's time for a gut check
1: i really love that and and i love what jeffrey's saying here it says i i ask how can i show up for you so that's exactly what you're saying Walt. it's taking that opportunity yeah And, and and i agree with you i think it's all an opportunity what i'm what i'm Looking at is this is an opportunity for all, you know, just so much bigger. What each, and I love how you, you've put it into, yes, what each of us can do within our own space. But I just, there, there's always, always a golden, a golden thread in something that doesn't, that's something that, that just looks like it's awful and horrible. And, and, and I do believe that we have a golden thread here. With everything that's been going on, and I just feel that this opportunity is just like just like COVID. COVID was a grand opportunity for us to take a look at what we were doing, and now we are oh, yeah. being asked to look at our own sovereignty and our own choices and what that that looks like for us individually. Um, so, Sand, I'm going to let you take on the divine masculine question now.
0: <laughs> Good luck.
2: <laughs> um. If we looked at it through the, through the portal of energy, um, rather than form right now in, in the, in the human form. And if we looked at it through the portal of energy, there is masculine energy and there's, and there's feminine energy. And we could look at that through the portal of how do we identify then? And one of the, one of the simplest ways I can describe it, it would, it would be this. If the feminine is the rambling rose, and, you know, she's a rambling rose, the, the the feminine, she's coming up through the earth and we don't know if she's going to go left or right because she's feminine, right? So she's kind of mm. where she's going to go and she's going to go left and she's rambling. So She's a rambling rose and then she moves a little bit right and then she kind of goes over here and then she wants a little bit of sunlight here. Then she wants shade here. And then the masculine is the trellis that actually mm. is built for the rose to let her be exactly who she is at any one time so so if the trellis is there to support the feminine if the masculine is there to support the feminine in having her flower and bloom and blossom in the 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 glory that she is and i'm saying she and he back not to, not gender still back still in in energy then how do we do that inside of ourselves how do we identify the masculine the feminine inside ourselves and so the feminine is the we could say Is the, the, the whispers or the nudges that we might get from God, spirits, this universe, um, our higher self, the nudges that we get. So the nudges we can, we can hear and we get the downloads. And then we've got to put those nudges. If we're going to, if we're going to move with those nudges, we need to take action. So we need to make the phone calls, we need to send the email, we need to build the platform or set, you know, if it's business and, you know, put it in a course, but we have to do the doing part of it and build the structure around so that that message, whatever it is, has got a platform or a structure on which to grow, on which to express itself. So that's one way I would describe the masculine and feminine inside of us. I'd certainly say, and, and this has been certainly true in my life, is I had no idea for many years how... How masculine I was. I thought just because I, you know, sometimes I had my, I had long hair or I had lipstick on, then I was pretty feminine. But I was very masculine in, in, my way because I had a very strong, uh, parent. Um, I had the patriarchy around us. Everything was, 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 you have to, sh- you have to show up looking, looking like this, sounding like this, being like this. Success has to look like this, sound like this and be like this. Um, I was still looking for the approval of my father and being the perfectionist. I had to, you know, be successful in certain ways because that's how he, his map of the world was. And I wasn't. I didn't even know what my divine feminine was. And when I sat, when I first started to sit in women's circles, I had, I was like, "Get me out of here! I don't, I don't want to sit here with all with all this feminine energy." It's like I just, I felt so uncomfortable and out of my skin and thank goodness i stayed i i you know now now i am that i'm a facilitator teach women how to be in circle and, and be with that so but i wanted to run i didn't want to be in this in my skin i felt so uncomfortable until i started to break down what my 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 stories that i've been told about the feminine And there were deep rooted stories of the feminine is weak. The feminine is pathetic. The feminine is a victim. The feminine is the, the, you know, the less sex. She's this. She's, and she was stacked so underneath everything else. No, she couldn't breathe. So I, I didn't want to, to, you know, I didn't even know how to access her until I started to do the work, um, of understanding what divine feminine meant inside a woman's body. And that really was tuning into my own power, tuning into my own intuition, finding where I wanted to be fully expressed and not shut down, um, take myself to the table and bring wisdom there that I knew that I had. But as a woman, I'd been taught not to speak at certain events or at certain places because nobody wanted to know your opinion uh, because this was a masculine, male-dominated place. And then when working, again, in the work that I do, working with two spirited people as we say in shamanic practices so really opening up the field of we're not binary i know that we live in the world of, of like um it's a duality a world of duality it's black or it's white it's right or it's wrong so we we have a very strong in, ingrained system inside that lives in a binary way we're not binary we're multidimensional beings so, you know, it's a she, it's a he, it's a they, it's, a, it's, it's all of that. Let ourself, the full soul, fully express itself through the divine feminine that's inside, the divine masculine that's inside, and allow people to find themselves and find the, find the pieces that somebody else gave them the map of the world, and let them look at that map and say, this is not, this is actually not my map of the world. This is right. not who I am. So when I referred before as, as two-spirited, in the two-spirited world from certainly a deep indigenous world that I, I was part of for 12 years, two-spirited really came from, it's a Lakota way of saying two-spirited is the one who holds both masculine and feminine deeply inside of them. So they don't identify that I'm woman or I'm man. So it could be gay, it could be lesbian, it could be they, just somebody who's got a very deeply rooted place of two-spirited. And even that, two-spirited is still kind of putting them into two-spirit. We're more than two-spirit, but to identify and deeply honor our two-spirited people who have masculine and feminine so deeply entrenched inside and they know how to express it. Um, so that's one way of saying it. And then what you were saying, well, early with, with your wife, with the, the, the places, I wanted to say this with the, a little bit with the, the angry woman and the masculine and feminine, just wrap this around for a lot of us. Um, my family was very loud, so we expressed love loudly. We, expect, we expressed anger loudly. You know, it was a loud family. And my husband was a very quiet family. So when I first started to, when he was first encouraging me, like, be yourself, um, I could be able to express anger. He was like, okay, express yourself. And he was like, okay, I don't know if I can handle that. He <laughs> didn't know how to be in the space with it. So we both had to literally um keep re- renegotiating like what can how can I express without scaring him where he wanted to leave the room and that he could still hold a space for that and how could I kind of know how to regulate and be able to take some anger or expression in a in a in a different way um and express it still if it expressed but in a slightly different way. Um, and inside I want to finish with this is at any one time I honestly believe That there is a little boy and a little girl inside these adult bodies that we carry around. And if we are expressing masculine or feminine um, or hurt or pain, which is always underneath anger, we're there's pain always underneath anger. Um if we can get to the root of where somebody's in pain, then that is that we that's a beautiful piece of work we can do. And we if we can find the hurt little boy or the hurt little girl inside of ourselves then we we're, we're working with the masculine and the feminine inside ourselves in a very very powerful compassionate way.
1: I absolutely love that. Thank you both of you. I think that that was really really in depth. I also know that being a female and my and when I'm in my masculine it's it's because I don't feel safe. And if I don't feel safe I'm I am definite and I and I resonate with your strong masculine it can it can be a doozy sometimes. What I love is that I now see it. What I love is that I can now recognize and alter that space that I'm in, you know, rather than carrying it on too much.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, uh, I, Jeffrey has an interesting question. Do we have models for divine masculinity?
0: Uh, yeah. And, and let's bring in what he he had a setup for that before. Let me put that up on the screen first and then we'll go up with the question. Some women want me to be a warrior. Some want me to be a listener. Some want me to be a healer. Some want me to be a clown. It fluctuates. Then he follows oh, up with his question. He says, his question is, do we have models for divine masculinity? <laughs> ah, Debbie and I are fighting each other.
1: <laughs> There's the, there you go.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm his, my hands are, I'm hands off. Go ahead. <laughs> listening on the, the podcast
0: the yeah. That's the we're button
1: again. happy <laughs> we just key, okay
0: so what do you think there sam how do we have models for divine masculinity i
2: I think our model straight away is um masculine feminine is look at the carers, the parents that we had i go there first and just and ask that question of how was how was the masculine um how was it role modeled when I was a child and how was the feminine role modeled? And it's, it's an interesting question when we look back because it isn't, again, it's, it's not a binary thing. Um, in some households, the masculine was dominated by the mother in the house. Um, and sometimes the, the feminine was dominated and, and ex- expressed through the, the father in the house. So if we start there, then that, that is a, I believe that's a, a place where we start to get, we start to get our information from. And then again, it's, it can be distorted and because we can adapt to, we can either take on some of the role modeling that we had as children, or sometimes we can rebel against it and go in completely the opposite direction because we go, I don't want any of that. I want to be completely the opposite. So, and then there's, we can obviously dance the dance in between those two. Um. And I, I, what I, what I would write, cause, and it's also its projection. So if I said, these are mine, these are mine. And I love what, um, was it Jeffrey? Jeffrey, I love what you said in the question. Some people want me to be a clown. Some want me to be a lover. Some want me to be a listener. Some want me to be the, the cook. Some want, want me to speak. All, it's like, yes, 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 yes. All of the above. Like all of the above. Um, and especially as, as the, the divine feminine, the, the multifaceted being of the feminine is, we, we change our mind (laughs) quickly. quickly, We're not a linear being. We don't in in the, when, when, when we're not, when we, when the masculine part of us can think very linear and we can go, okay, A to B as quickly and as effectively as possible. It's that boom, boom, boom. And we're there is that I need to get to the airport. I need to get on a plane. It leaves at this time. I'm done. and I know I need to be here. Boom, boom, boom. And we've got, we've got it moving through. And then the feminine is, how am I going to get there? I want to get there with some, with some spaciousness around it. And again, this is not, this is not gender bias. Um, spaciousness. So me and my husband, when we traveled, we, we travel better, really separate. We, well, we've learned to tra- travel together better. My husband was, I want to be there five minutes before the plane gets off at the airport. I'm like, I want to get there five hours before I want to set up home. <laughs> I want to get the sandwiches. I want to get my tea. I want to sit. I want to get cozy. I want to get all the, I want to feel spacious because the feminine wants to, she wants to, she wants to move in what direction. I want to walk around the airport. I want to do some stretches. I want to go to the prayer room. I want to do the, I'm, I want to people watch. I'm, I'm here and I'm, I'm there and I'm everywhere. And John's like, can we just get there and just get on the plane and just leave is the, is a masculine feminine way of being. So, Rather than, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I almost don't want to, to say who the role models are because it, I think it's so personal in who they are and because we've got all of that, um, that infrastructure of our own patterning and conditioning aside and then it gets projected out to, to somebody else. So I use myself as my own example, or what's in my marriage, or what's in my, with my children. I've got, um, a, a girl and, and a boy, and I see the masculine, the feminine in them. I see the masculine, feminine inside my mum and dad. So I, I, I prefer to keep it that way and then project out because we don't, we're certainly not going to agree on that. So I always keep it. My own lived experience is my own lived experience and anything else. But but Walt, you go ahead and you can bring <laughs> bring in who you would say if you want to go in that direction. Well, look.
0: when I was thinking about the question as, as it was raised, I loved the way you addressed it, by the way. I think you addressed it beautifully. Uh, I, I kept thinking about it in terms of what a model of either divine masculine or divine feminine, feminine is. Because, like you said, we're not talking about gender. We're, we're we're talking about I don't even know what the what the word is. I guess it's where, where we bring the word divine in in order to give it a some sort of a label. Uh, but it is a an aspect, I guess, of each one of us. There there is a feminine aspect, there is a masculine aspect to each one of us. So where are the models? Well, they're actually in all of us. And and I say that. From the perspective of what, of what we were talking about before we started the show we were talking about how i have been so really thrilled with all the perspectives i've gotten by doing the podcast over the years i've gotten so many great uh perspectives so how many models have i had well how many people have i had on the show and that's just from the show that's not just like the rest of my life this is just the l today part of it right so the models are everywhere uh and and i've also love that you Specifically, we're, we're, we're taking the whole concept away from gendered individuals. Uh, I, I was thinking about how, you know, yes, most people grew up in a family where there's a father and a mother, but some grew up in a mother only, right. or a father only, or two mothers, or two fathers, or, or some, and sometimes it's even weirder you know, configurations than that one. And yet, all have as, access to models of masculinity and femininity, both. And it doesn't matter what the configuration is.
1: No, actually it doesn't. And I want to tell you why. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I was thinking, so I'm the one that's like, okay, we're going to the airport. Look at the time. We'll get there. It's over well, there within the hour. We're good. You know, <laughs> Joe's wanting to get, you know, he wants to get there and he would prefer to, have more space i'm like let's roll we'll get there we'll go get on that plane you know or i i have somewhere to be uh, wherever it may be and i'm really just like i control time i slow time i'm like where he's more wants to get there and he wants so he actually provides more space that way than i do so there isn't, there isn't really, there isn't a way to, to gender, gender, gender identify that because it's not. And I'm going to tell y'all something because this is super interesting. I was talking to Joe about this the other day. Listen, gender is not sex. Sex is a biological male or female. Okay. Male or female body parts, body parts are, that's the sex. Gender is an identification and it's socialization with gender. Gender changes over time and how that we view gender identification. Today, we have many different variables of what gender really qualifies as. So don't get hung up out there on gender. Don't get hung up on any of this. Get, get more into the balance of the divine feminine and masculine within you because that's really what, Sam, that's what I was hearing you say. You know, looking at the trellis being the space for the rose to, to move, flow and open. But that is within us. That is within us. So, Jeffrey, I'm thinking for the model of the divine masculine is exactly what they were saying. It's whatever that you resonate with. Because, again, this isn't gender identification. This is simply the spaces within us looking at ourselves as the bigger balance, really. Because my divine masculine can be he, it, not he. uh, See, I just did it. It's so it's, ingrained in our brain, man.
0: Well, also the Tell word is, is tricky because we're yeah. using a concept that we also associate associate with gender, yeah. and and so yeah, keeping it straight is tough.
1: Right. Well, and because of how that we were taught, and it again, it's socialized, socialized, yeah. all of it socialized. Little boys play with with cars and trucks, and little girls play with dolls. Now today we're seeing things that. We see it all over the board. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're seeing children that are, are saying they're they're non-binary and, and that's all there is to it. They're not going to choose a gender. We see how it's changed in bathrooms and things like that. But that's kind of getting off the point. We're really talking about the, like Sand was saying and Walt's been saying, it's the energetic aspects of our being and our sovereign being. Because what's going on out there doesn't really matter. It's really what, it's what's going on in here. So, Jeffrey, how did that resonate? Let us know.
0: I, I could tell you something, uh, how it resonates with me, because I used to have that level of confusion that Jeffrey's question expressed. I, mm-hmm. that, that was a big thing for me for the longest time, trying yeah. to figure out, because I, I knew that what I had been taught was a, quote, masculine role. Uh, I had I, never heard the term toxic masculinity, but, yeah, it, it described it pretty nicely. So what did that leave? And there was like this great big hole. There was, this, there was this empty space that I didn't know what to fill it with. And nobody was really telling me. And so I was like, just kind of floundering, just kind of, you know, moving through time and space and hoping somewhere along the line, something is going to start making sense because none of it was making sense. And eventually what happened is because of, um, well, really it all, it all came around the, the financial crisis of 2008 for me. That's when everything kind of fell apart and that became the beginning for the rebirth, if you will, that came out of it for me. And that seminal time was when I finally, I'd always gone within, but I went within in a new way. That's why I'm kind of struggling for words here because we, we talk about having that inward journey. Reaching into your, your internal connection to source and so forth. But I hadn't really learned that part of it yet. I had always been very intuitive, very introspective, but not in the way that we talk about here on this program or now that we talk about it in the larger society of people who are, are interested in these topics. It was more, for me, it was more just, I'm, I'm in, you know, I was in my own thoughts. I was in my own space and I was just trying to make sense of my own world within that space. That's about as far as I'd gotten with it. What changed was when I started to feel okay with who I was in that space. I, up until that point, I didn't feel really comfortable with myself. In fact, there's actually a, a story that I've told um, a number of times on the, on the show here that was, was kind of an example of how that played out because from my early 20s until my early 40s when I finally met my, my wife, I had a, an abysmal history with women. I had, my, my longest relationship was two weeks. And I didn't understand why it took me 20 years to finally learn that what was going on is that I had been sabotaging myself. I had literally been convincing myself that no woman would ever want to be with me before I had even met her. <laughs> so, all, I mean, I was doomed. The moment that I introduced myself to a new woman, mm. I was doomed from the start. All the way doomed. doomed. Just. Just absolutely crushed. You no. Know, <laughs>
1: Oh, well.
0: And what 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 I what it changed on was, well, first of all, I let go of that. That's how I ended up finding my wife because it was the only chance that I had was to just completely let go of not just that but having a relationship. I just let go of the whole picture, and then my wife shows up. But also what happened was when I when I let go of all that junk because I didn't know what to do with it, that's when I started to accept myself. Isn't that a, kind of a strange thing? I had to go through all that in order to accept myself. But once I started accepting myself the way I was – everything started to change. Everything started to improve. Everything got better and better and better. So I really believe that when we're talking about divine masculine, divine feminine, what we're really talking about is coming to love and accept yourself.
2: I I think you're right. I was just going to say that. Sorry, baby, go ahead.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, I think you're, I think, I, I, I know that you're right. Completely. I, and I'm just, yes. Jeffrey says, I hear the message, choose the person you want to be and the models will show up. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And, I,
1: and, and I completely love that too. Uh, you know, one of the cool things, uh, Sand, that I, that I love is that you do breathwork journeys. And you also do um, new moon journey, full moon journeys, different things like that. And um, I'd love to know more. <laughs> Thank
2: you. <laughs> um, I'm going to share that with you, and I'm just going to piggyback a little bit on what Walt, well, you were saying, Walt. Is um, when you in that place of like not finding yourself, not not knowing myself, not being having the confidence. I guess we've all got that journey, haven't we? With with um, with the opposite sex, so to speak, or with self and with our own, you know, our own uh, masculine, feminine inside. Our um, and as a shamanic practitioner, we 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 would say that. The whole of our life is like, um, uh, soul retrieval. We're retrieving pieces of our soul, you know, parts of, of our soul that we have either lost or buried or, or feel that they've been taken away in some shape or form, or we've given away. And so if life is a soul retrieval, you just reminded me what you were saying about you and finding your beautiful wife. When you found these pieces of yourself back to that sacred mirror again, She could see, she could find you because she could see you, because she Mm -hmm. could resonate with you. So those pieces of you she she could find. So I wanted to to say it that way. And um and we we could howl and we could cry and we could sob at all the stories that each of us have had and the world Mm -hmm. has had when we are we are looking for love, trying to find love, trying to you know looking for partners and and trying to figure out this glorious thing called life. Um and the the Breathwick journey is Debbie. Thank you so much for for letting me speak about that. Uh, the, the ancestral breathwork journeys that we offer is—it's almost like, well, what you just described—that took you a few weeks and months and years—in mm-hmm. a in a ninety-minute. Sounds audacious to say that, but a breathwork journey is, with our ancestors—it's like a soul retrieval. People come to the breathwork journeys because they're looking for clarity. They're looking for inspiration. They're looking to let go and put down the map of the world, the pieces of that map of the world that they've been given as a child. And they're looking for something. They're looking for their sovereignty. So it's really, it's like a shout out to this universe and say, I know that I am sovereign. I I know that somehow. And yet there's still pieces of me, big pieces of me that don't quite believe that. Or don't know how to access that, or don't know even know what that means. And by doing breath work, which in breath work is is what for me anyway, it's been one of the most powerful, um, most effective, powerful modalities that I've ever used to get me to move through lifetimes, I guess, or so certainly lots of childhood messages that I that I had. And even, and I shared with you before, you know, sitting in over a hundred plant medicine uh, ceremonies, I've, I've found so many different pieces of myself. And yet I would still say this, that breath work has been the most effective. Why? Because you're always in the driving seat. I'm not ingesting a plant medicine. I'm not ingesting something else where, where to some degree the plant itself is taking me on that journey it's, I'm taking myself on that journey in breathwork. So it's, it's, it's super, super powerful in, in an, in an empowering tool. And you can do that. And once people come to the, they, the, the insights that people get. And because we use it part of, part of it, we actually do bring your healed ancestors into the breathwork journey, especially the ancestors that know the pieces, the, the luggage <laughs> that we're carrying that isn't our luggage. It isn't ours, and so we invite the ancestors to come in and loosen, or dislodge, or dislocate some of those stories and burdens that we've actually thought were ours. And it's been, you know, spectacular over the years that I've been teaching breathwork. Um, I, I wish I had the modality twenty, thirty years ago. I didn't. Uh-huh. I've, I've had breathwork in my life for about a decade now, and I've been a, a, a practitioner and a teacher of it for eight years. Um, and I wish I'd have had it, you know, especially when I was a social worker, I'd have been in, I'd have been the social worker doing breathwork everywhere. Um, Really, really. And you talked, Debbie at the beginning about, you know, that the, the victim mentality that we have when things have been done to us and we've all got stories of of different degrees of our, of of things that happened in our childhood, breathwork, it honors, it honors the wisdom from that. And it allows the empowerment of that. So we no longer carry the victim weeds with us. It's like, I, that's, that happened then for a reason. This is who I am now. And as, as the ancestors that I work with have said over and over again, you, Walt, Debbie, myself and every soul on this earth, you are the ancestor that our ancestors have been waiting for. We have got more resources on this planet now than ever before. And in that ancestral breathwork journey, in a, in a 90 minute session, we, we can literally blow, blow through and claim and reclaim pieces of ourselves so powerfully. The, the worthiness comes back. The self love that you spoke of, Walt, comes back. The confidence starts to come back. We start to literally dislocate and dislodge these old pieces of us and they go very quickly and very effectively and very fast. In breathwork and you are always in the driving seat. So it's you that's having the insights. It's you that's having the, the, the incredible visualizations. It's you that might be seeing an ancestor sat with you. And it's not scary. It's not like, Oh my God, is that she's she talking about dead people? No, I'm talking about particles of energy that is there and it's beautiful and it's benevolent and it's really, really powerful. And um, you know, we have women. Recently, 35 years with an eating disorder, and within three breathwork sessions, it was dislodged enough, and she found that it was a way that she emulated her mother, that was dieting all the time as a child, and the eating disorder came just because she wanted to be recognized and and accepted from to to her mother. So, started to adapt her own eating disorder to get the love and the recognition and the connection with her mum. And so it's like, boom, that's gone now. Um, so I could tell you hundreds of stories like that, but it's super, super powerful. And we, we want to offer that to your community and have your, your beautiful people come and journey with us as our guests for one of our journeys. Um, I have to say, (laughs) um, it's, it's for, it's for women or souls that identify as female. That are able to come to, 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 to there. If you want to, the guys where my husband works with the guys, <laughs> with oh, the, you know. right. um, but the breathwork, it, it really is powerful. And I, just as a caveat, I want to, cause I know we're live here. I, I go to the UK and visit my family in for the whole of July and our next breathwork isn't until the 11th of August. We come back and then we, we, we take July off basically, but your, the July breathworks are free to your community.
0: Okay, can you also, um, talk? For one moment about a phrase you used because it it grabbed my attention i I think the the phrase you said was healed ancestors Mm -hmm. what exactly is that what does that mean
2: it's a way that the ancestors that i work with have given me two phrases and said healed ancestors and ancient ancestors and the reason that they gave us the words to say to call forth our healed ancestors is sometimes in the field, and I've seen this myself, is, um, some people don't want to call ancestors through. Some people have a very, um, difficult and challenging relationship to people who've passed over. And they, there is a fear in our human psyche, um, that we are, if we're going to call in our ancestors, then the people that we don't want to particularly call through in our life again will come through. So when I question that in the field with the ancestors that, that I work with, and they said, if you say the healed ancestors, what it does is it calms the nervous system down. It gives us a left brain understanding of, oh, it's only the healed ones that are going to come through. And it calms, when it calms the nervous system down, we can literally start to open and trust our breath to go exactly where we need to go into the journey. So that's where that came from, Walt. But great question.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. For- Thank, Thank you. To- that was really good. Yeah. Wow, this has been quite the hour. Do you want to bring something else in, Deb? We always go a little bit over, so it's not a big deal.
1: You know, actually, what I'd like to do is, is just appreciate all that's came through today. Uh, I am in so much gratitude for that. Right now, this is what we need. This is what we need right now. So thank you. We needed this today. We needed, we needed to know that we have it within ourselves to completely step into our own sovereignty with and i love that we can just access breath i want to have you on again to talk about plat medicine because i think that would be beautiful i have an appointment so i'm going to head out let you both finish together <laughs> um because also jeffrey has a, just a really good question are the healed ancestors personified in our person in our physical ex- experience
0: <clears throat> Yeah, great that's a question. To, to, Do I have time hours?
2: to answer that? Yeah, we'll make a little time. That's okay. Oh, OK, Jeffrey, that's a great question. Bye, Debbie. Jeffrey, that's a great question. I think in that person, when we when we initially in the in our logical mind, when we think of an ancestor, we will go to either parents or or family members that have passed over and we can go to first generation, and then second generation, it's, you know, the grandmothers or grandfathers or great uncles, great aunts. And then we go to the greats, like great grandmother and then great, great. And then if when it gets to kind of fourth generation out, we lose that in our own sensibility of our own egoic, basically our own egoic mind, our, our intellect. And then we're left with our like who were Great. And some of us know, some people have told me they've got, um, they've had their ancestors who came over on the Mayflower. So there is, if we start to look at our ancestral line, we can find our ancestors, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight generations back. In terms of the healed answers that I'm referring to, especially in breath work, is we want to go all the way back, way beyond what your mind can actually tell you to access a different, a, a more, even more powerful place. Um, and that powerful place through in our subconscious field is whatever we have been carrying through, it tends to come up in more in intergenerational trauma and epigenetics. We want to we want to pull through, not pull through more trauma. But we, if we have trauma in the field, Jeffrey, and trauma very much lives in out the tissues of, of our of our of our physical body. We want to pull that trauma through and then tip that out on the other side through breath work. We don't have to relive it. We don't have to be re-traumatized and breath work, which it was used very powerfully, very simple, the four box breath, take an in-breath in, count for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, let it go four seconds. Yeah. And that was, you know, that's breath work. That's an element of easy home breath work when we get hyper agitated or or we get angry. It was a breathwork I meant to share earlier in the in the call today, um, and that was used with in the Vietnam War with with soldiers and, and people well, with people that were um, suffering major PTSD. So they couldn't even tell their story or even access because the brain couldn't handle the, the amount of of of, of um, information overload that they that the nervous system had, had actually experienced. So what, what I'm pointing to here, and it's a great, such a great question is when we ask for the healed ancestors, your intellectual mind will go to, as I said, first, second, third generation. But in breath work, when we start to call in the ancestors, they help to bring through you all the healed ancestors that are way back that we don't even know about and yet have got some kind of a key or a code or an ability to open up any ancestral trauma that we are still carrying especially the trauma we don't even know we're carrying and they're able to move through that with the breath work because your breath is 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 your own signature perfume in 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 the universe your ancestors find you on your very in breath and your out breath so they get called through with your invitation they come through and find you on your very breath because you you there's only you on the planet that breathes the way jeffrey breathes on this planet You are the unique being that you are. And so your ancestors will come forward in that. And then if we go really far back, and I've had many of my clients get to this point, including myself as a practitioner myself, if we go all the way back, then it starts to split and other lifetimes can come and really bend in your mind now. Other lifetimes come in the field and any other lifetime that you've had on on the planet, those ancestors get called forth because we might have carried something in from another lifetime. And then we go all the way back and we're literally, literally going back to source. And we can call that ancestor, light, God, all being. But you literally go back to be with the everything that you are. And then from that place, that's the healed place. That's the remembrance. That's the magic. That's the the miracle. And then we travel back through It's as like, the healed version of ourself. And as you do that, and in many of my shamanic practices, especially indigenous wisdom is when we do that work and we pull that through, you're healing all of your ancestral lineages on the matriarchal and the patriarchal line. And you're healing all ancestors that have been and you're actually blowing it through to all the ancestors yet to come, to all the next generations to come, because you've just shape shifted a reality. We don't, we can't change the past but we can absolutely start, the past starts now. It starts in this present moment. We don't change the past, but we shape shift the reality to start a new version of a new story right in that moment. So I hope that answered the question.
0: That's beautiful. I love that. I think you did a wonderful job answering the question. In fact, I think you actually went beyond answering the question. You gave us a model (laughs) for understanding how this whole thing works. And, and when you were doing that, I was, I was tying my masculine linear thinking in. I I was actually tying in the idea that since we all have generations going back, I mean, if you think about how the, all of our family trees work, we have two parents and four grandparents and eight great grandparents and 16 and 32, 64. You go back far enough, we're all connected. We are all related.
2: Exactly. Exactly. That's the beauty.
0: Yeah. So so that's what I was, when you were making that little journey, you were taking us on a journey back, back, back to until we were all at source. That's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about, yes, we started with our own family tree, our own ancestral history and so forth. But it kept branching and branching and branching and branching until we were all connected.
2: Right. And there's so many people who in breathwork that get to that point very quickly, you know, mm. like two or three uh, sessions in. It's not ten years in therapy here or twenty years. Yeah, in therapy. that's a good thing. <laughs> and that's why it's it, it's fast, you know, it really is fast and very effective. And that's where a lot of people get to. And then there's And then all of a sudden, with that, Walt and, and to Jeffrey t, to finish this is what's what's so powerful and potent and beautiful about that is all of a sudden if we're all connected and we have a lived experience of that then we stop we stop pointing at our differences as being as being we, just, we stop damning other people and we realize if we're all connected and we all we all kind of came from um the same source then we stop using differences as a weapon and we look at differences as a as a way to connect even more like, wow, my life wouldn't be as rich as it was if I didn't know about your culture and your tradition and your way of being and your God and the way that you cook food and the way that you look at this. So the richness and the tapestry of our humanity gets a chance to exhale literally the ultimate breath that we can exhale as a humanity in a way of connection and, no, and, and less separation on this earth.
0: That's beautiful. I love that. I love that tremendously. This has been great. Thank you so much for coming onto the program and, and sharing all this wonderful shamanic wisdom. I, I never know what to do with the word shamanic. I, I've interviewed people and talked about it. Uh, but it's one of those things where it's one of those concepts where I haven't totally taken on board exactly what it means for me. I, I kind of accept that, well, it means something for the person I'm talking to. So I just leave it at that. You actually turned it into something for me. So thank you for that that was really really great yeah thank you and and thank you also i'll be sure to uh, save the link to uh, your program so that anyone who wants to be a part of that can, yes. can be a part of that they'll be part of the show notes so ladies if you're uh, tuned in and interested check out the show notes you'll find the link and uh yeah that pretty much does it, it um let, let's let's just finish with one other final thought for people who want to find out more about sans signs and what you do how do they find you
2: they can find me in my name. They can find me. Come find me on my website. If you are generation that you're on Instagram, come find me on Instagram <laughs> or Facebook. The usual places that you can find me. Just Google my name and you'll find me. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. All right. Well, again, thank you for joining us. This has been really wonderful, and thank you to uh, our live streamers, and especially thank you to all of our podcast listeners everywhere. We will see you all next time here on L.O.A. today. Goodbye, everybody.